0: Alan Kring Productions, in association with Emergent Light Studio, presents The Illinois State Collegiate Compendium, Academic Lectures in Business and Economics. This is Business Finance, FIL 240, for Autumn Semester 2022. Today, review for the final exam. Final exam will be held for this class on Monday starting at 10 a.m. and it will go until uh, noon. And you are allowed to have two note cards, four by six, and your formula sheet. You can, of course, have your calculator. And you may use Excel if you so choose for some of the numerical questions on the exam. The um, <coughs> Prox, uh, the questions are distributed, true and false, numeric answers, and uh, multiple choice. And uh, I prepared for you, now this is your study guide, what you're writing here in this review session. I have prepared for you also, and it's in your ReggieNet resources tab, a list of finance 240 terms. You'll notice that I have gone through about 116 new terms or specific to the discipline uh, versions of terms and words. So you make sure that you uh, go through this, and I would strongly recommend that you not try to just Google these because you'll be killed, Uh, uh, you'll be taken to sites that are just useless. But um, Wikipedia is the same way. There are some reputable education sites. State University of New York runs a really great uh, set of uh, sites for information. So do several other universities.edus. But this is by no means comprehensive, but it gives you an idea of just how much has co- gone through this course. And no wonder you're so sick of it, you're going to be glad it's over with. Uh, but go through this list. <coughs> And obviously, this is, uh, this is the background, and you would need to know terms from this list for the uh, final exam, and for use in your other courses, and in your life, too, uh, as it were. But uh, just go through the list. Now, I also, of course, I will be having a um, Zoom session, as I've said before, on Saturday night from 6 until 7, and so... You go to that by clicking on the uh, office hours link in RegiNet. You'll see, uh, and that'll take you right to the uh, the broadcast when it's opened up. That session will also be recorded, and it'll take me a few hours to process the video before I'll be able to give you the link, and it will be in RegiNet. The uh, video will be when I'm finish processing it after the session is over. But anyway, this is where we are right now. Uh, know these terms. This is helpful to you because about anything that happened in the course centered around one or more of these terms. So use it and um, we'll move on from there at now. The next thing I wanna go through here is Uh, just to start you off with some of the information about what will be on the exam. Now as far as the uh, numbers questions goes, first things first, I will have you uh, do a bond question. If I give you the uh, the yield, you find the price. If I give you the price, find the yield. Just like I've done on quizzes and on the midterm. Wording will be the same. You just show me that you've mastered the skill now. That's what the final exam is all about. I will also have you do a uh, loan of some kind, a house loan, a car loan, or some kind of loan. You'll find me the payment. You'll find me the balance after a certain number of years. And you'll find me the effective rate on the loan, just like I've had you do before. Same question. Show me that you've mastered the uh, objective. Uh, as far as other questions go, I'll give you uh, I'll give you a question where, as I did on a quiz and on the midterm, find a future value. You put a certain number of a uh, certain amount of money in every week or month or year into an account. How much do you have after a certain number of years? Same type of question. Just show me that you've. Hit the mark on it. Um, I'll also have you find me what won't be on the exam. I will not do a horizon value question on the final exam. It will not be there. It was on the quiz, and I'm not going to ask it on the final. So, that takes that off your shoulders. I will however ask you a question, find an intrinsic value of a stock. I'll say, okay, the stock just paid a dividend of $1.25 and it's expected to grow at 2% a year for the foreseeable future and I'll give you a discount rate, 8%, something like that, you find me the intrinsic value of the stock. It's a straight up use the uh, perpetuity, uh, uh, perpetual, perpetuity with growth formula to find it. Done it before, you've seen it. I will not ask you a weighted average cost of capital question. It just takes too long. Too many ways to trip in it. I may ask you to use the weighted average cost, understand the component cost of capital. I might say, well, which is the cheapest source of capital? Which is the most expensive? Which is more expensive, internally generated equity cost or externally generated equity cost, something along that line. in other words, common stock or new stock? Uh, find a price of a, find a price of a share of preferred stock. that's just a flat perpetuity. Those kinds of questions could be on there. Now, uh, I'll also ask you one of those. Simple one-year debt questions. Okay, you buy a one-year treasury bill for $185, uh, $985. What's the yield to maturity? Well, you just take 1,000 divided by 990 minus one and get the percent. Make sure you multiply by 100 before you put your answer in. That kind of a numerical question. If you know how to do it, it's just really easy. Really straightforward. Now, I will, uh, I'm trying to think of, bear with me one moment here. Uh, let me look real quick if I've missed any of the numeric questions. Uh, make sure you know the formulas for the different component costs of capital. Obviously, that should be on your note card somewhere. The formulas, you know, like the uh, uh, D1 over P0 plus G, that kind of stuff. I'll ask you an internal rate of return. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, net present value internal rate of return type of question like you had on the quiz. It's just simply putting it into your calculator the right way and getting your answer out. That's all there is to it. Just like on the last quiz. Uh, see if there's any other ones that are numeric. OK, no? That's fine. It's good. Uh, so will the numeric be like an empty blank, or will it be like options? No, it'll fill, fill in the blank, numeric. Yeah. I used to do them as uh, options. It's be, the answer is between this and this. It's between this and this. And that just confused the hell out of even me. So I stopped doing that. Yeah, maturity, loan. Okay, now, as far as another type of question that I will, they <coughs> partly numeric. I will do a stock screen of some stock, OK? So I'll ask you some questions about stock markets, terminology, and all of that, and distinguish between a bear and a bull market. But I'll give you a screen on a specific stock. And just for one to do right now would be uh, Target. No, I did that one. Let me do something else. Um, uh, Kellogg. Uh, uh, General Mills. GIS. I'll give you a stock screen. Let me make sure this one's going to work for me. Nope, that I can't do General Mills. Uh come on, uh, Kellogg, uh, Lockheed Martin, nope. Uh, I'm trying to find one that uh, Yahoo is insane is going to go down over the next year. Oh, boy, they're in a grouchy mood. Um, oh, Google. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Google will be fine for this. Alphabet Incorporated, excuse me. Okay, so I would start with one. You buy a round lot. No, yeah. This one isn't going to work. These screens are killing me. Um. No, Netflix isn't going to work either. A million companies, and my mind is absolutely freezing up right now. Ford. Nope. Yeah. Ford. Yeah. That'll work. Okay, good. Ford will be fine. (laughs) That was a little rough there. Okay, so I'll say, okay. You buy a round lot, that's 100 shares, of Ford. How much will you pay? You would say, I will pay... $1,310. If I said you sell a round lot of Ford, what would you get? You get $1,309. There won't be any range for error in that one. You'll just hit it or you won't. You'll have to give me the right number. Okay. Now, I could also say, oh, is... uh, Ford near its 52-week high or its 52-week low? And if you look here, it has gone down as far as $10.61. It has gone as high as $25.87. It's now sitting at $13.10 on close, which tells us that it's near its 52-week low. I could ask you, okay, as far as the risk of this company is concerned, beta is saying that this is a very risky company this is very risky it's well above one and then i could ask well is the price earnings ratio consistent about the risk with the beta the answer is absolutely not that p e ratio is very low it's way below 30. so they are not in agreement about the risk of this company Then I could ask you a question about the gain. The capital gain, I could say, what is the one-year holding period return on this stock? In a case like that, all you ever do is you take the one-year target estimate, $14.83, and you divide that by the 1310. Use the number at the top. Oh, minus one. Let me do that again just to do it all in one stroke. $14.83 divided by $13.10 minus one. So this stock, and then I'll times it by 100. So the capital gain yield return is 13.21%. But don't forget to add the dividend yield because you get that too. So in this case, I would add 4.48%. So my total holding period annual uh, return on Ford is estimated to be 17.67%. Dividend right here. Don't use the dollar amount, use the percentage. You got your return from uh, the stock going up is 13.21%. Plus you get the return from just, you get a 60 cent check for spending $13.10. So you get the 4.48% dividend yield Take those together, and Ford, that's a hella good, well, I don't know, though, that's a pretty risky stock. CAPM would say, no, that's not really that spectacular. That's a decent return, though, 14.67% for holding Ford for one year. If you can do those things, you've licked off five or six questions right there on the final. That's the total one-year return to holding Ford. The annual annual yield, the total annual yield to holding four. So if you can do that, you've got some nice, easy points, fairly easy points on the exam. Just get comfortable. If you want, go through a stock screen yourself over the weekend. Just review it. See what it says. See if you can do these things. (coughs) Okay, clear. And obviously, you can see the bond market was pretty, uh, rather, the overall market was pretty grouchy today, but there's that. Make sure you know the, that price and yield on bonds is inversely related, obviously. Here, the yields went down, so the prices went up. That meant that there were people buying bonds today. Okay, now, let me get back to the... Now, that is about the extent of the numbers types of questions on the exam. Just get through those. those are, I consider those to be the harder ones, even though you can use a, uh, use a calculator and probably get the answers pretty quickly. Okay, going through other issues on it. Make sure you go through that list of terms and you understand what each of them, uh, the answer, uh, what the definitions are. Other matters, uh, interest rates. Know what the pieces of the know what makes the risk-free rate, and know the parts of the risk premium: the default premium, maturity premium, and illiquidity premium. What kind? What? What would have a low default premium, or a high default premium? What would have a low maturity premium? Yes. No, I can't slow down. I got a lot to do here. Right fast. Okay. Maturity premium, free the risk-free rate, and then you got you have to know the default premium. Okay. And the maturity premium and the illiquidity premium. Now, as far as default premium, I mean, know something that would have know what would have a low default premium. Government uh, debt instruments have low have no default premium or virtually none. High-grade corporate bonds have small default premiums because they're going to pay their bills. But credit card interest rates have a huge default premium. Now, as far as maturity uh, premium goes, the longer a debt instrument has, the more the maturity premium is on it. Because there's more chance that interest rates could go up or down. An illiquidity premium, if it's something that would be hard to sell, then it's probably going to have a high liqui- illiquidity premium. Now, going on with interest rates, I w- know what the capital asset pricing model is. Know the parts of it. The expected return to a stock is the uh, risk-free rate, plus beta, time, beta of the stock times the expected return to the market minus the risk-free rate. Know that. Know how you, if I show you a bunch of formulas and say, which one is CAPM? You should be able to identify it. And within the uh, CAPM, the market premium over risk-free, the expected return to the market minus risk-free, you should be able to identify it. And know the formulas for the component costs of capital. I might say, which of these is the uh, cost of common stock? Or which of these is the co- after tax cost of debt? Or which of these is the cost of preferred stock? So I'll just give you lists of. Formulas, and you have to tell me which one is the one that I'm talking about. As far as the capital asset pricing model goes, (coughs) when I graph the CAP M, the horizontal axis is beta, the vertical axis is the expected return to the stock. That'll graph as a straight line. What is the name of that straight line? Be careful. There are two that look very similar. There's the capital market line and the securities market line. The answer is the securities market line. The capital market line is that line that touches the frontier of efficient investments. The names are kind of backwards from what they do. far as bonds go know the terminology of a bond and also know how bond price dynamics work look if the yield of a bond is exactly the same as the coupon the bond sells at par $1000 If the the yield is above the coupon, the bond will sell at a discount to par. Again, if the yield is higher than the coupon, the bond will sell at a discount to par. On the other hand, if the yield is below the coupon, the bond will sell at a premium to par. If the yield is below the coupon, the bond will sell at a premium to par. And also, as the term of a bond approaches zero, in other words, as the bond approaches maturity, the price of the bond should approach par. As a bond's term approaches zero, its price should approach par. Make sure you know these. I'm not saying that these kinds of questions will be on the final, but they will be on the final. Okay. Now, internal rate of return and net present value. N- make sure you know that as you use a higher discount rate, you get a lower NPV. As you use a higher discount rate, you get a lower NPV. Another thing, if you use a discount rate that's below the internal rate of return, if you use a discount rate that's below the internal rate of return, the net present value of the project will be positive. If you use a discount rate that's higher than the internal rate of return, the discount rate will be negative. Uh, I'm sorry. The net present value (NPV) will be negative. Again, if you use a discount rate that's below the internal rate of return, the, dis- the NPV will be positive. If you use a discount rate above the internal rate of return, the NPV will be negative. I'll ask a question very similar to the one on the last quiz about a hurdle rate and an internal rate of return. So make sure you understand that. Now, I'm going to go through some early questions like the Different types of business organizations, sole proprietorship, uh, partnership, and corporation. What distinguishes a corporation? Well, most importantly, a corporation is the only type of company that can have stock. And it's the only one where the owners are not all at risk. The liabilities belong to the corporation, not to the owners. But in a corporation, the debt holders get paid first according to whatever contracts they have. The debt holders have the prior claim to the free cash flows. The shareholders, if there's anything left over, after the bondholders have been paid whatever they're owed for the year or whatever, then the shareholders have that residual claim. The company can give them a dividend, it can put that extra money back into the company to grow the company for the shareholders, but they have the residual. They get to have that only after the debt holders have been paid whatever they're owed for the period. Make sure you know the types of risk. There is systematic non-diversifiable risk. And there is non-systematic diversifiable risk the only risk for which you should expect a return is the systematic non-diversifiable risk. That's the only risk that gets you an expected return. Now be careful about this. The greater the systematic risk, the greater the expected return. It's not just the greater the risk, the greater the return it's the greater the systematic re- risk the greater the return you should expect now as far as ratios go you won't calculate any ratios but you should know what the ratios are telling you so for oh, oh and what their relative sizes are. So which is larger, the burn ratio or the current ratio? Well, that would be the current ratio. Which is smaller, return on assets or return on equity? Well, that would be return on assets. Which is preferable, inventory turnover ratio going down or inventory turnover ratio going up? Well, that's inventory turnover ratio going up. Questions like that. What would be the result of a times interest earned that was lower than 1.00? Well, that would be default because the money that was available to pay interest, net operating income, was not enough to pay the interest expense. A little bit about SEC types of matters. If a company is doing an IPO, or even a seasoned offering, what law governs that? That would be the Securities Act of 1933. That deals with primary securities markets. On the other hand, if your broker sells you 100 shares of stock, what law governs that? Well, that would be the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, because that's the law that governs secondary market transactions. know the difference know the differences among bills bonds and bills notes and bonds and who is who in the whole process if you're a lender you are the investor the buyer of the paper if you're the borrower you are the writer the seller the borrower. There was a question on one of your assessments similar to that. It'll be the same kind of question on the final. Oh. I'm looking through here a little bit. Oh, no, make sure you know among, the difference between the primary and secondary market, the difference between a money market and a capital market. What do we mean by capital structure and optimal capital structure? I mean, these are in your list of terms that you should key up on. Capital structure and optimal capital structure. The capital structure is the combination of debt and equity that comprises total total assets. And the optimal capital structure is the uh, capital structure that minimizes the weighted average cost of capital. More definitional those are. And I have a tendency to ask that on ask those. Let's see. And, I mean, I threw terms at you like ETF, mutual fund, investment banker. Just make sure you have a have a reasonable understanding that an an investment bank isn't the same as a regular retail bank. An investment bank deals only in stock offerings or bond offerings. Uh, Let me go through one more pass, see if I'm forgetting anything. Now, obviously, this isn't comprehensive, but... Uh, yeah, obviously there will be some kind of question or two on the Federal Reserve. You know, Board of Governors, the FOMC, what's an open market operation? What are the tools of monetary policy? from the least used to the most frequently used? (coughs) Those kinds of questions. Yeah? I will, there will be some. I mean, it's like copy and paste and then change numbers or something like that or shuffle in order. And the same is true for the quizzes as well. I will, I... The whole point here is for me to find out, have you finally hit the objectives of this course? And that's a good way to, okay, you blew it the first time, here's your chance to show me that you know it. Yeah. Like the bond question will look exactly like the one, I, I don't, I try not to vary the wording on those kinds of numerical questions because I don't want the words to confuse you. I want you to show me that you've got the skill set down. Uh, that's a good question. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, there's no wild curveballs on this. It's show me that you know what I wanted you to know, learn, during this long, gruelingly long semester we had together. Okay, now uh, that's what I've got for you. Now you ask me questions about what you, yes, yes. Well, the order, the, uh, the, uh, the tools of monetary policy, in order from the least used to the most frequently used, that kind of thing. What else? Now the questions, uh, They have one or two point and aim for the ones that you can kill easily. Just go through, get the uh, level one questions finished. You'll pass on those. And then you go back and you uh, clean up the gravy, going from those that you can do to those that you are very unsure of. You'll be fine on the final exam as long as you don't try to plow it from beginning to end that can slow you down a lot and you'll miss you won't get to ones that would be easy for you to do some people like to do the numeric questions first if that's your thing find out where your comfort zone is not everyone's going to play this uh, exam the same way yeah I am estimating, I've got to fix a couple of questions here. I see a couple right now that are just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not going to ask them. It's going to be around 64 questions. And it'll be 100 point total. What else do you have for me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll get, you can print out that financial ratios formula sheet, but if, for other formulas, you've got to get those on your cards, like Cap-M and all that. Maybe even write down the sequence of keystrokes for finding a mortgage payment. Uh, the formula for finding the current intrinsic price of a stock that has dividends growing at a constant rate. Those, that's your call. Put those in. What else do you have for me? Okay. You are on Monday, first thing. I'll see you, some of you, on Saturday night on Zoom. That's all I have for you. I thank you.